Well, hey, I do want to brag um, just on what God is doing. You know, we just finished a time of giving just a moment ago, and I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness over the last month or so of, of continuing to make an investment in, into the kingdom of God. Um, I received a text message on Friday that, that almost just brought me to tears because two, three weeks ago before everything got so bad, um, we as a church family are making an investment in, in an area of our local community through, we helped launch um, FCA at an elementary school, Lyman Hall, and we had a, several of our, from a small group that got together and we distributed Bibles into that community. And I got a text message on Friday from one of the, the young children. It didn't come to me, but it came to somebody else who knows them. And, and in his broken English, he says, I read my new Bible. And so can I tell you, church, that God is still doing amazing things and that's what you're making an investment um, into. Um, also, this past week, we saw two people, well, obviously, we didn't physically see, um, but through messages, through emails, through phone calls, from last Sunday until now, we had two people surrender their heart and their life to Christ. Um, so that, again, in itself is so exciting, and that is why we continue to do what we're doing. And I am so excited about what God is doing. Um, and this morning, um, you know, as we come together in, in unity, we come together to make the name of Jesus famous, but the enemy's doing everything he can to discourage that because our world, let's just be real, our world is completely divided. Everywhere we look, there's division in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through politics, um, whether it's through sports, or, or we've even taken it to another level where we take um, specific athletes and there's division among athletes. Um, there's restaurants, there's, there's car division. But in all of those areas that, that we all have disagreements, you know, if it's in politics, you're Republican or you're Democrat. Um, here in Georgia, it's Georgia or Georgia Tech. Now in the athletic world, it is Michael Jordan or LeBron James. I'm not gonna give you my opinion on that one. Um, also, it's Mickey D's or it's Chick-fil-A. We're always divided into something. And, and as you saw just a moment ago, my family was here with me. And, and be, believe it or not, my family, one thing that we love to do together is we love, we love to hunt. We love the outdoors. And me and my two boys especially, um, we love the sport of archery. And then I've always been kind of, I guess you would say, committed or de devoted to one name brand uh, of, a, of, an, of, of a bow. Um, and I know you're thinking, man, this little guy, this is so redneck, this is so country. Well, it, it's just who we are. Um, and I've always been committed to the name of Hoyt. That's a bow that I've always loved, that I've always uh, loved to shoot. Um, and so when I began to get my boys into the sport, I bought them a bow and obviously bought them the very same kind because we were very loyal to our brand, okay? But then last year, I had kind of a lapse um, of my thoughts and, and my devotion. And, and I changed brands for a little while. And I went to another name brand. I'm not gonna do that because I'm not trying to tear any name brands down or anything like that. But I remember my two sons basically got to a place where they wanted to disown me. Daddy, that's not who we are. We're the Hoyt family. And so needless to say, um, 
I, I, I struggled through last year shooting a different name brand bow. And then finally, um, I came back to the reality, went back to the, the brand that I used to be devoted to. And, and Cooper, which was the one to my left just a moment ago, uh, I introduced him last week with his little Cooperisms. Um, when I decided to go back to Hoyt last year, Cooper goes, well, daddy, I guess we'll let you back in. So thank goodness my 10-year-old let me back in to the archery club. But, but I say all that to say everywhere we look, there's division. Everywhere we look, people are being divided by something. Um, we started this week in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're gonna read through this letter together as you've heard Mark say earlier on the video that we're in the soap journals, that we're gonna continue growing in the word of God together. But division is the very thing that Paul addresses first. And so I wanna give you just some quick background just to sort of catch up. It won't take just a second, just of, of this particular letter that Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, okay? So basically, Paul was, was a big catalyst of getting the church at Corinth started and planted. He was there for about a year and a half where he began to tell Jews and Gentiles alike about Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, and as a result, people were saved. And as a result, the church at Corinth began. And you can look back into Acts chapter 18 to where you can even read a little bit more detail about how all of this took place. But this letter that Paul is gonna write about is, was, was, I guess you would say, prompted by him hearing that things weren't going so well in Corinth. He had been gone for about three years after the church had been planted and he began to hear of some things that weren't operating correctly in the church. And so the letter in 1 Corinthians is, is Paul's attempt to address all of these issues. But the very first thing that he's going to address is what we just talked about a minute ago. It's gonna be division. But I love, you know, you always hear the boldness of Paul and I always love how he starts this letter. Um, we're not gonna read the first 10 verses, but I'll, maybe you've been reading along with us this week or maybe if you haven't, it's not too late to get started. You can jump in today. Um, but what I love is in verses one through 10, what's interesting is this is not some beautiful language or this is not even um, the correct I guess the way you would organize this because of the, the, of the repeated words that we continue to hear. But in verses one through 10, he says Jesus Christ in every single verse, or he alludes to Jesus Christ in every single verse. So in verses one through 10, you're, even see, you're either seeing Jesus Christ or you're seeing Christ Jesus. One of the closest other ones was in him. But all of these are referencing to Jesus Christ. And so what we see that Paul is doing is he's laying the foundation. He's laying the groundwork of the very thing that we're gonna talk about today, that the only thing that matters in the church is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's what it's all about, and that's what it needs to always be about in church. I'm gonna be saying that today. I'm gonna be saying church a lot. I'm gonna be saying the church but I know that the way that we're worshiping together this morning, that we're not in the house of Chestnut Mountain. So as we've seen over the last several weeks, we know there's people that are watching that aren't necessarily a part of this, this local body here at Chestnut Mountain. And we wanna say we love you. And when I say the church this morning, we're gonna be talking about the Big C Church. 
We're not gonna specifically be talking about Chestnut Mountain Church, but we're gonna be talking about the global church, the, the church that is unified under the blood in the name of Jesus Christ. And so when we say church this morning, understand that it's much bigger than Chestnut Mountain Church here in Chestnut Mountain, Georgia. And so when the mission or the vision of the church is anything other than Jesus Christ, we've missed it. If we make church about anything other than Jesus Christ, we have missed it. And that's exactly what's happened at Corinth. They've entered into a season where they're making church something that it's not. They're, they're doing things that are, that are getting the focus off of the Savior and they're bringing attention to a lot of other things and that is not the way Paul set this church up. That's not the way the New Testament church has been set up at all. It is all about Jesus. And so I want us to look in verses 10 through 13 this morning is where we're gonna start and you're gonna see that this is the division that Paul is talking about. So follow along with me in 1 Corinthians chapter one and we're just gonna read verses 10 through 13 to begin with. Paul says this, now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and there is no division among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Verse 12, now I mean this, that each of you is saying, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, and I of Cephas. Some of your Bibles may say Peter there. And I of Christ. Listen to all these questions that Paul asks in verse 13. Has Christ been divided? Question mark. Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Question mark. Or, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Question mark. And so what we see that Paul is addressing in verses 10 through 13 is what's happened is, is there's been these little pockets or these little groupies, if you would, that have kind of rallied around these individuals that are being talked about. They, they're really boasting on what group they're a part of. They're boasting about who they're following. They're boasting about who their teacher is. They're boasting about who they listen to. And some you saw it mentioned, it was mentioned that it, some say it's Paul, some say it was Apollos, and some say that it was Cephas. And then there's that other bunch that it says, and some say they're of Christ. You know, when we read that on the surface, we look at that and we think, okay, that's the one group that had it right. They're of Christ, okay? In reality, what we read, and when you read the commentaries, when you see the context of which is that it's written, actually, those are the people that were super spiritual and they thought they had this church thing figured out. They thought they were a little bit better than everybody else. They thought they had all the right programming. They thought they had all the right people. They thought that they were doing worship the right way. But in reality, they were making themselves up on a higher level than everybody else. They were boasting on their own abilities. They were boasting in their thoughts. And so, but what I want you to understand is this. This is very, very, very important today. Understand that these, this little group around Paul this little group around Paulus, this little group around Cephas or Peter, understand that those groups were not created by these individual men. They were created by fleshly people. All three of these men were called by God. They were anointed by the Spirit of God. 
But what we're seeing take place is they're seeing pride. We're seeing the nature that was literally instilled in Corinth because they were a very wealthy city in the Roman Empire. And so we know they dealt with pride because of all of their accomplishments. And so what we're seeing is we're seeing that the enemy knew exactly what their weakness was and he's capitalizing on it. He said, I'm gonna even get them prideful inside the church. I'm gonna get some of them to think they're better if they follow Paul, that think they're better if they follow Apollos, that think they're better if they follow Cephas. And so he began to work off of their weaknesses, which is exactly what the enemy still does today. But Paul is telling them very quickly in these first 13 verses, he's saying, look, you've made the church something it's not. You've made it something other than Jesus. You've taken the focus off of what church is all about. You know, church, I just be real with you this morning. I'm, I'm just gonna share with you kind of what God has been working in me all week and what God has been showing me and teaching me through this passage in light of all the stuff that we're experiencing as a, as a country, as a city, as a world for that matter. You know, I, I'm told with some questions that God began to, to lay on my heart and he began to basically ask me the, the true motives of my heart and examine my heart. But you know, I asked myself this question, could what Paul is addressing here in this season of COVID-19, could this be the very thing that God is wanting the church to learn could this be the very thing that we are supposed to be learning in this season? Could God be telling us the global church, speaking to us individually as local churches, have we turned this church thing into something that it was not created for in the beginning? Are we so focused and so caught up on trying to build a name for ourselves, trying to build our brand, trying to have people boast on a location? Are we trying to increase our value? Are you trying to increase our stock in the community's eyes or in the religious world, if you would? Are all of the local churches trying to make a name for themselves rather than make a name for the Savior? Because here's the heart, the, the reality to all of this is there's coming a day when we mentioned a few weeks ago, I think it was last week, the day of the Lord, when we closed out 2 Peter, the day of the Lord is coming and can I tell you, it's gonna have absolutely nothing to do with the church name. It's only gonna be one name that the day of the Lord is about and that name is Jesus Christ. And church, we've gotta get back to that truth that it's all about Jesus. And I believe with everything in me, that this season that God is challenging us to take our eyes off of a location and put our eyes back on him and put our eyes back on the big C church. We've gotta stop worrying about our church brands. We've gotta stop worrying about our church name and we've gotta get back to the truth that the only name that matters is Jesus Christ. And I believe with everything in me that that is what God is wanting us to hear. And the Spirit spoke to me also. I believe that, and I know I keep saying I believe, but this is just what the Spirit of God has spoken to me through his scripture this week in my study time. But I think that the Spirit is teaching us, teaching me 
that he's unifying the church like never before. He's unifying every local assembly. He's unifying the big C church like we've never experienced before. He's tearing down walls that maybe we didn't even know that were there. And maybe he's even tearing down denominational walls. Because the hard truth to that is the enemy has used doctrine and theology long enough to split the big C church. And while there's always gonna be some disagreements in doctrine, there's always gonna be disagreements in theology. What I think God wants us to land on at the end of this season, that we've gotta get over our differences and what we've gotta settle is this, that if it's not our heaven or hell issue, then we get over it then we've got to get back to the seriousness of lifting up the one name, and that is Jesus Christ. It is only about him and him crucified. It's only about him and him crucified. So you're probably asking a lot of questions that I'm talking about this. You're probably saying, so Brian, are you hoping that Chestnut Mountain Church is packed when, when the doors are opened back up and when we're going back to, to normalcy of church life, Brian, do you, with everything in your heart, do you hope that church is, is filled? Do you hope that Chestnut Mountain is filled? Absolutely, 100% I do. And we as a staff, we as a team, we're, we're getting ready for that. We're doing things, we're moving pieces so that we can be ready for that growth because I know that God is about to bring revival to this country. So yes, I hope Chestnut Mountain Church is packed full. You say, well, Brian, that's contradictory to what you said. Well, you're not letting me finish the statement. Not only do I hope Chestnut Mountain Church is packed full, but I hope that every church that is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ all across this country is packed full. I hope that every building is slam packed. I hope the morning that we are all able to come back together, that Gainesville, that Flyery Branch, that Oakwood, that Jefferson, Georgia, that it is bumper to bumper all over every highway, every interstate, because people are going to God's house. And you say, well, Brian, you, you truly want that. Absolutely, that is my heart's desire. It's to see the name of Jesus made famous all across our land. I pray that the doors of churches are being flooded like they've never been flooded before. You know, I kind of had a comical moment, I guess you would say, and I was thinking about what if. I do a lot of what ifs in this little brain of mine. And I thought, what if that morning, whatever that morning looks like, that we're able to, to step back into God's house? What if it, there is such chaos all across our city what if all of the churches were working in such unison together, all the churches that are preaching truth, all the churches that are preaching Jesus, all the churches that are preaching salvation through Jesus Christ and through the blood of the lamb. What if all of those churches were so unified that we were just distributing bodies, we were distributing people to every local assembly that was all across this city? What if pastors were calling pastors and saying, hey, look, Brian, do y'all have 10 open seats? Yeah, I do. Well, we're sending 10 people your way. Thank you. Okay, I appreciate it. Then all of a sudden we're packed in here. There's no room for anybody. We've got people waiting outside and I pick up the phone and I call another local pastor 
and I say, hey, do y'all have five seats available? We've got people packed out in the parking lot. They say, absolutely we do, bring them on. What if the churches were so unified that we didn't care what location they were in as long as they were sitting under the teaching of the sound truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? What would the kingdom look like? What would the big C church look like? You say, well, Brian, so you're telling me. You're telling me on that morning that you would send our people to another church? First thing that I would tell you, first thing I would do is correct you and tell you that you have a pronoun problem because they are not our people. They are God's people. And to answer your question, if, it is a, if it's a, a situation to where they're not either, they're not gonna hear the gospel or they're gonna hear the gospel, then yes, absolutely. I will be open-handed with whoever steps foot on this campus because again, we've gotta get back to making it about Jesus and not about a building. And I truly believe that's what God is teaching us right now in this moment. So yes, if it meant salvation, if it meant someone surrendering their heart and their life to Jesus Christ, then absolutely, I want them to go where they're gonna hear truth. And they can't hear truth sitting in a parking lot. They can't hear, hear truth waiting in line to get into a building. And so, church, I want you to understand this, that if we were to ever get to that place that this is not a loss for Chestnut Mountain Church, what this is, is this is a win for the kingdom. And this is where I believe that God is reprogramming all of our thought process, that he's re reprogramming how we look at things. He's re reprogramming how we think about things, or I know he's doing that in me because I want it to be about the kingdom because church, big C church, we have no time. We have no room. We have no place for division anymore. We've gotta be unified like we've never been unified before. There's no place for division. There's no place for competition. We've gotta get back to the cold, hard truth that it is all about Jesus Christ. But, you know, Paul, though, actually addresses the only division that there should be. He addresses the only division that should be a reality, and that's in verse 18. I want you to look with me in verse 18. It says, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You see, the division here is the cross. The cross is what is dividing. You're either standing on one side of the cross or you're standing on the other. You're either a believer or you're not a believer. You've either trusted Jesus Christ for your salvation or you've not. And that's the division that he is talking about. But here's another burden that God has given me. Church, if we are all on the same page and we're fulfilling what God has called all of us to do, then all of a sudden that cross is no longer a division. If we're sharing the gospel, if we're sharing truth, that cross now is not a division, but it is now a bridge. And that what, what gap that that cross is bridging is, is the gap from darkness to light, is the gap from hopelessness to hope, is the, is, is the gap from death to life. 
And church, that's what we've got to be hungry for. That's why what we've got to be starving for is to want to see people cross over from death to life through the way of the cross. And church, that is all our mission. That is all of our vision. And can I tell you, man, it's been so encouraging. I'll look on social media over the last two or three weeks and, and I will see that so many were saved through the way of the internet or so many people had chosen to follow Christ on a Sunday morning through the internet. And I'm sitting there looking at those and I'm just overjoyed with excitement because the kingdom is winning. These may be people that never darken the doors of a church, but right now they're sitting in front of a TV, in front of an iPad, in front of a phone, or in front of a computer, and they're hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they're responding. They're responding to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. And church, that's a win for the kingdom. That's a win for the kingdom. So we, if we are fulfilling our mission, if we're doing what God has called us to do, in a reference to verse 18, the cross goes from being a division to becoming a bridge. We should be the ones that are bringing the good news, that are saturating the world with this truth so that people are crossing that bridge, which is the cross. You know, there's something that God placed in my spirit probably two and a half years ago that has kind of been my prayer even before God opened the door for us to be here at Chestnut Mountain Church. And it's a very simple prayer. I've prayed that God would do things that only he can do. That I would get to witness, that I would get to see, that I would get to be a part of God doing things that only he can do, that only he can get credit for. I've always prayed that and I kind of knew my heart behind it, but what I've learned through this reading of 1 Corinthians chapter one, as I've learned the two reasons why the spirit has led me to pray that way. You know, the first one's pretty simple. I do wanna see God do things that I can put no explanation to it. I wanna see God do things that leave me scratching my head. We did a series at the beginning of this year called No Way. Um, I got a text this week of a no way moment, of those moments that just leave you speechless before God and you're saying, there's no way that happened. But the truth is, is when we say no way, we realize that God is the only way it happened. So the first reason was that I wanna be a part of something that I can put no explanation to. But then secondly, just to be very transparent, and if you don't meet, know me, you're gonna know that I'm probably sometimes too transparent. But the second reason that I have, the Spirit of God laid that on my heart to pray is because I'm, I know my flesh. I know my weaknesses and the reason that I want to see God do something that only he can get credit for is because of this truth. If I can give an explanation to how it happened, my flesh is just weak enough that there's a possibility that I'll try to take the credit for it. And you're saying, man, that's awful blunt. So you're saying that, Brian, there's a, there's a slim chance that if something amazing happened in the life of Chestnut Mountain Church that, that you would be tempted to take credit for it? I'm a human being, so the answer to that question is yeah. 
Yeah, it is a possibility. And that's why I continue to beg God to do things that I can put no explanation with it. You know, I cut grass on Fridays. That's, I cut yards. That's kind of my serenity time. That's when I can just sort of check out from the world a little while and think and, and ponder things. And as I got off my lawnmower and got to the end of the day on Friday, I looked and I had several text messages of things that God have, has been doing over this last week with us not even being present. And I literally sat there and I laughed because there is no explanation how that happened. We, weren't, we didn't pick the right program. We didn't pick all the right things to say. We didn't give the invitation the right way because truthfully what was happening is the spirit of God has been moving even when we can't see it. And so that's why it leaves us scratching our head because if we can't see it, a lot of times it's hard for us to believe it. And so when I pulled up my phone and I began to see things that God is continuing to do, I just laughed because there was no explanation other than God, other than the power of Jesus Christ. And you know, that's exactly how Paul ends chapter one. That's exactly how Paul ends chapter one as he says that, that the spirit of God, that God is going to use the foolish things of this world to shame the pride. He's gonna use the things of this world that make absolutely no sense for him to get glory. I'm really gonna age myself here, but some of you may be familiar with the old, the old show. I'm not talking about the new one. I saw that it was on TV the other day, but you may remember the old show MacGyver. This dude was absolutely unbelievable. He could be on a stranded island somewhere and, and find a roll of dental floss and a drinking straw. And before you knew it, he had created a boat and had been able to, to drive his way to safety. This guy could absolutely make something or make anything out of nothing. You know, that's exactly how God works is he takes the foolish things of this world, he takes the things that make no sense, that we don't understand why they're happening, that we don't understand what the purpose is behind it, and what he does is he turns it into things for his glory. You say, well, Brian, is he doing that with COVID-19? I believe with everything in me, absolutely he is. What the enemy meant for evil, God's using it for good. I believe the church is more unified. I know that we've seen souls saved. I know that we're seeing revival begin to build in this country where you're hearing people anticipating coming back to church that have never talked about church before. And so a lost world is looking at that going, there's no way, there is no way that God can use something this disastrous and turn it for good. I beg to differ and I would love to look him right in the eyes and say, you just watch my God. You watch my God do what only he can do. But church, in the meantime, we've gotta make sure that that's what we're keeping it about. We've gotta be keeping it about Jesus. You say, well, Brian, isn't there an easier way? Isn't there an easier way? Couldn't, couldn't God be bringing revival in a different form or fashion? Yeah, he could be, but I, I, don't, I don't claim to understand all of the ways of God. I hope I don't ever understand all the ways of God because I think it would probably scare all of us to death. 
But you say, well, why in the world does he use the foolishness to shame the wise? Why does he use the things that make no sense to bring glory to himself? Look at verses 29 and 30 as we get ready to wrap up this morning. Verse 29 is very, very blunt about why God does this very thing. Verse 29, he says, so that no man may boast before God. You see, the very reason that God uses the things that make no sense to bring glory to himself is that so no man has the ability to brag on anything he's done. Going back to Paul, Apollos, and Cephas, and those that were of Christ, they were boasting about what they were doing. They were boasting about the things that they were do, uh, performing. They were boasting about their teacher. And this is the very reason that God uses the foolish things. This is the very reason that God uses the things that seem impossible is that so no man can boast before God. And then verse 30, it says this, but by his doing, by his doing, you may wanna underline, circle, whatever to that, to that word, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boast boast in the Lord. You know, this season we're in, I hope that's what God's bringing us to. I hope God is bringing us to a place where the only thing that we have the ability to boast in is him because we can put no other explanation with it. And you know, I love that Paul ends with salvation here. He says, but by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Notice that he said by his doing, verse 30 is talking about your ability to be saved. So don't for one minute think that you have the ability to save yourself. I've had so many conversations over the last month where people have said, well, Brian, I, I wanna understand it all first. Right, I wanna know everything there is to know about it. While that is great, I want you to hear me when I say this, that I'm a minister called by God for the sake of the gospel and I still don't understand it all. I still don't understand it all. I still can't make sense of it all. But the one thing that I can make sense of is God has asked me to have faith in his son, Jesus Christ, and the finished work on the cross. And I am humble enough to do that. Because I know that if it's left up to me, I'm gonna make a mess of this thing. So maybe this morning you're sitting there and you're thinking that you have the ability to save yourself, that you have the ability to, to stop doing this or to stop doing that. Notice that that's why Paul ends here. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. Maybe this morning over the last few weeks, the Spirit of God has been meeting you right in your home. He's been knocking on your heart's door and you've not surrendered. Man, what a sweeter place to do that than right there in your home. Maybe you're at break at work right now. Maybe you're still cuddled up in the bed with your family. Maybe nobody in your home really even knows you're watching this live stream. 
Can I encourage you this morning to have a conversation with God and, and just be real with God. Don't try to manufacture some prayer that you think sounds great. But I would encourage you this morning to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you say, well, Brian, I've still got a lot of questions. You heard how you can connect to us by, by email, by these digital connection cards. Please go out and fill those out and you will be contacted tomorrow. You will be contacted tomorrow so that we can follow up and answer any questions that you may have. But church, in the meantime, the church, believers, let's make sure that we're making this about Jesus. If we're making about something other than the name of Jesus, then we've missed it. So let's do what God has called us to do and let's bring people to the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. Now look, don't check out with me right now. I know a lot of times when I bow my head, that's when you pick up and push power and it's off. I wanna ask you in this last song to examine your heart. Maybe moms and dads, you gather around the table. Maybe husband, you grab your wife's hand and maybe you worship together. Maybe you pray together, but don't check out yet. Don't quench the movement of the spirit that I know that is working in your heart right now as I'm speaking to you. But just surrender to that. God, I just pray right now that you would move in a mighty way and that we would not ignore it. And we pray this in the powerful name of your son, Jesus. Amen.